Good morning, Cultivate Church. I am so glad to be with y'all this morning. Look at somebody next to you say, you're the best looking thing I've seen today. Will you tell them that? Thank you, Pastor Brandon, for that great introduction. Hey, man, now I got to try to live up to that. Hey, I usually would brag on your great lead team right here, and they are a great team, but I want to brag on you this morning. I've been watching through social media and talking with uh, Pastor Brandon and Danielle Dawson in the uh, death of his father. You guys have taken such great care of your pastors. Walk with them. Let them grieve. You're fixing good food for them. I tell you, they'll gain weight before this is over with. But I want you to give each other a great big hand. Will you do that? Thank you so much for taking care of your pastors. I'm actually glad to be in the USA today because I just came back from 14 days in Cameroon, Africa. It's hot there. The humidity's there. We were in an Airbnb. And every room, every room had its own separate air conditioner. And when they worked, they were great. It's just we couldn't figure out how to make them work. They had a switch on the wall. They were connected to the internet, so you had to bump the modem. You had a remote control. It had all these buttons. And, and we, when it would start working, we didn't know what made it work. We were just glad it was working. The problem was every time we left, it cut off automatically. So we'd have to try to figure it out. 11 days, you'd go through the house. Anybody's, anybody's air working? This is the mantra. It's not working. Everybody come out of the room. It's not working. My air conditioner's off. It's not. Y'all say those three words with me. It's not working. <laughs> and I actually, on the 11th day, just three days before we're to leave, a guy shows up that knew the sequence. He says, listen, what you have to do is you have to, you have to cut the switch on the wall first, hit the modem button, then hit the temperature button, not the power button, then the power button, and then the fan button. And if you hit those five buttons in that order, bam, it worked and worked like a charm. So the last three days, we were like 60 degrees for the whole three days, man. We figured it out when we got the order right. You know, that's really when things aren't working, you say it's out of order. And, and I, say, I tell you that story because I kind of wonder about people in this room today. I meet, I meet a lot of people that, that for whatever reason, they, they connected to Christ, came to Jesus. May have, been, may have been some kind of tragedy or tension in their life or transition going on in their life. May have been a, div a divorce or a death or maybe a job loss or just all kind of things that, that God can use to bring people to him. But, but then I, I, I talk to them and I listen to them and they struggle. And, and they say, you know, I listen to those messages and, you know, they're great messages. But I'm just to be honest with you. When I walk out in life, it's not working. My experience is not matching. I love those worship songs. Man, when I'm there, it's great. But I'm being honest with you. I take those scriptures and, and, and I just struggle. It's not working in my life. I don't see God's work evidenced in my everyday life. And, and I think it's much because it's out of order. This is what I mean. This suitcase just represents as a symbol of our life when we come to Jesus. Most of us came to Jesus, our life was full. And, and let me just say this. This side over here 
is two-thirds of every person's life in this room. It's your working and sleeping life. Now, about all that's going to change there, you may work more, sleep less, work less, sleep more. But that's two-thirds of your life. That's where you spend two-thirds of it. But it's this other third over here that we get some kind of choices in and decisions in what goes on in our life. And so, like most of us, you know, we're living the American dream. That means we have no time and no money. We're maxed out on credit. And we're running every direction we know to run in. And then we come to Jesus. And so it's wonderful. It's amazing. We've never experienced anything. We heard about life on purpose. And, man, we heard the message. We prayed the prayer. We hear the worship. And, and it's great and it's wonderful. And it's just this big thing in our life. But we try to fit it in to our already cramped life. And it don't fit. And so we struggle a little bit. You know, we hit a small group. We may watch One Roots video and, you know, and we try a little something else. Yeah, I'm going to come to men's night. And we, you know, a little bit, little version. And it still don't fit. And we keep struggling with it. You know, we watch everybody else. We hear their testimonies. We see them. It looks like it's working in their life. So we finally figure out a way, Sunday morning, 10.15 to 11.15. It fits. <laughs> but the truth is, once we walk out of here, it's not working. It's not working. And, and it's, not, it's not that these are bad, bad things in our life. It's just that it's the things we've chosen for ourselves. See, Jesus was speaking to a crowd of people, fed 5,000 people, fish and chips that day, had just sent out his disciples, and he starts talking about his death, and then he says, now, if you, if you want to discover real life, if you want to follow me and learn to live your life on purpose, here's what you need to do, and it's recorded in Luke 9, verse number 23, and it says this, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, if any of you want to live a life on purpose, if any of you want to connect with God through the saving grace of Jesus Christ, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. That's number one. Then you must take up your cross every day. Not once a week, not once a month, but daily. In other words, you need to live the life I've given for you every day and then follow me. The problem is we miss the very first one. It's like the switch on the wall with the air conditioner. We're out of order. We're trying to fit Jesus into our already crowded life. And it's out of order. And, and like I said, it's not bad things, you know. It's not bad things. Disney vacation. Hey, everybody gets a Disney vacation. I deserve a Disney vacation. In fact, I'm still paying for my Disney vacation two years ago. But I'm planning my new Disney vacation right now, you know. You know what I'm talking about. And, and then we got these, you know, Apple, come on, iPhone 14. Have you seen the camera on these things, man? You need it. You need it. You take a lot of pictures. You, you know, you don't, you don't take photos anymore, so you need good pictures. So you buy it on credit. And, and, and then you've learned to go camping. You know, it's, it's good for your family. It brings your family together. Nothing wrong with camping. Nothing wrong with camping at all. And, and, and then, you know, you work out at the gym, so... <laughs> Here's Apple again. you got to have those earbuds because you need to listen to your podcast or whatever music you like to listen to. And then my son, if I tell you about my son, he plays football. That's three nights a week and, and then a lot of Saturdays too, you know, and I want to be there for him. And, and did I tell you my daughter, she's playing softball, baseball, 
And I'm telling you, she's something else. Four nights a week. And we got to take six weeks to do some travel ball. We'll see y'all in September. But one day, she's going to be the first woman MLB player. I guarantee you she's going to. No, she's not. And then, I'm tired of having to pull my phone out and check my text. Have you seen the new Apple Watch? Let me tell you something. You can fool people. They think you're looking at time and you're reading. You're not even paying attention to it. But you need one. See, that's a necessity. Come on, let's be honest. And then, you know, you got your hobbies. Nothing wrong with playing golf. I love to play golf. I'm no good at it, but I love to play it anyway. Go out there and talk to people. And act like. And then ball season's coming up. Come on, roll tide, war eagle, whatever yours is. God, listen, listen, I'm going to be honest with some of the late night games, Pastor. I'm not going to get home on time, but I'm going to watch online. I'll just promise you because I can't miss. I got season tickets, man. I'm just telling you. And then I need to have a new iPad. Have you seen those new iPads? And listen, I, don't, I can't type, so I had to get the pen to go with it. Nothing wrong with that. Come on, everybody. I've had to go back to school because of all these Apple products. I, I need a better degree where I can get a better job so I can afford more. And I'm so exhausted. This weekend, we're going to veg out 21 episodes of our favorite we've been saving up for. So we've got to get Apple TV. Have you ever noticed on the Apple, there's a bite out of it? See, this is what happened to Adam and Eve. Long, long time. <laughs> You're not the first ones. You're not the first ones. And then we, well, here's Jesus. We got him. You're here. Then we wonder why our relationships aren't working, why our finances aren't working. We, we, we're struggling. We come. You're here. You listen. You get those experiential moments, cry a few tears and connect with God. And then we walk out and we live life the way everybody else does. Culture has shaped us into its mold. And, and even other Christians, hey, they've got all of this. If they can have it, then I can have it too. But it's not working. The wisest man who ever lived, other than Jesus Christ when he was on this earth, was King Solomon. And this is what he said in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 6. I love this verse. In everything you do. Will you say those four words out loud with me? In everything. I looked up that word everything in the original Hebrew. You're never going to guess what it means. Everything. In everything you do, put God first. There's the order. See, the order's important. If you put God first, we all, everybody, every man knows this when he loads a dishwasher. You get it completely full. You say, hey, the rest of it won't fit. Your wife comes in there, takes about four or five things out, rearranges it, and gets another whole set of dishes in there. Okay? Put God first. Now watch. Put him first. Then he'll direct you in everything you do. He'll, he'll help you know which sports and what, what vacation and recreation and what schooling and what business. And God will direct your life. Then he will crown your efforts with success. In other words, he says, if you get things working, everything else will start working if God is first in your life. If, if your spiritual life is intact. And I think, I think every one of us that kind of knows that. But how do we actually do that? With all this crazy life we have, how do we actually put God first? Well, well, first is a principle. It's not just a practice. I'm going to give you about three practices, but I want you to understand the difference in a practice and a principle. 
You see, a practice like you could be an all-star football player in the United States, but if you go and try to play football in Cameroon the way you play it here, that practice is not going to be anything like what they have there. But a principle is like gravity. I don't care how many scriptures you quote, prayers you pray, how much you bind the devil. If you step off a ladder, you're going to the ground. Because a principle will work everywhere, every time. And this is a principle of God. Put him first. You'll find him directing you throughout your life. And he'll start crowning your efforts with success. So here's, here's how I say you, you can start putting God first in his place. Number one is to put him first at the beginning of every day. If you're going to live life on purpose, then every day, what does that look like? What does that mean? If I'm going to put him first, I mean he's going to be first. That means he's going to be the first person I talk to every morning before I talk to my wife, before I talk to my kids, before I talk to my brothers or my mother. Or I, I'm going to talk to God first. We call that prayer. But it's just communicating with God. It's just getting up before anybody else is up in my family. Before I talk to anybody, I, I find my place and I say, God, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Today, God, I want to live my life on purpose. I want to live what you planned me for. I got to go to work. I got to take the kids to ball. Got to go to the grocery store and stop by the cleaners. And I don't know what else is going to come up. But God, I want to start and say, I invite you into my day. And no matter where I go or what happens, I want you to help me live this day for you. And I'm going to tell you something that will begin to happen in your life. It doesn't mean problems won't arise. It doesn't mean emergencies won't come out of anywhere. It doesn't mean you won't have a flat or want to kick the dog for peeing on the carpet. It doesn't mean that at all. It just simply means when it happens, there is this confidence inside of you. You don't become anxious. You don't become fearful because you've already connected with God. And then, then after you talk to God, before you ever read a text, before you ever open your email, before you ever let anybody else speak into your life, pull out the Word of God. I don't know if you have a plan. If you don't have a plan, grab the one-year Bible. I started in 1998. I was just going to do it one year. I've been doing it every year since. My goodness, 25 years later, I've read the Bible 25 times. And it only takes me 15 to 20 minutes in the morning. And I'm ADHD. I mean, come on, you're better than that. In other words, I talk to God. Then I open his word and let God talk to me. See, he sent me a text long before anybody else did. And I listened to him first. Before I check my phone, before I check my email, before I talk to my wife or kids. Because I want him to be first. Here's what I've learned. If I connect with God first in the morning, I have confidence throughout my day. That no matter what happens, God is going to be there. Now, that means you got to do something different. I mean, come on. You're, you're sitting there thinking, I can't get up any earlier. I mean, my goodness, I'm already putting on my makeup driving down the road. I've seen some of you. I've seen you. See, when God created the world, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it, it tells us that God created the world. And verse 5, he says he, he created the evening, then the morning. And called it the first day. You know what God is telling you? Yes, you can get up earlier in the morning if you change your routine tonight. You may not can watch as many episodes of Apple TV as you want to. It may mean you're going to have to put a curfew for your kids and say, listen, every night at this time we're going to bed. Every night I'm going to bed at this time because I've got to get in the bed on time because I've got an appointment with my creator in the morning. And he comes first in my life. 
See, Jesus, Jesus gave us this first principle. And, and he applied it to money. Principles will apply to many things. Jesus was applying this principle to money in, in Matthew chapter 6. But let me, let me read you the principle. It says this. It says, for wherever your treasure is, you may be certain that your heart will be there too. In other words, he says, if you make a decision to put your treasure somewhere, not immediately, but eventually your heart, your affections, your desires will follow where you put your treasures. Now, he was talking about money, and money is a treasure. But let me tell you something. I believe a greater treasure to the people in this room, even more than our money, is our time. You know how I know that? You used to wash your own car. Now you pay somebody else to wash your car. You used to mow your own grass. You say, I don't have four hours. i got to get my kids to ball on Saturday. I hire somebody to mow my grass because time has become more important than money. So Jesus is saying, if we will get up in the morning, set your clock 30 minutes earlier. Do whatever you got to do tonight to get up 30 minutes earlier in the morning. Before anybody else does, before you talk to anybody else, find you a place, talk to God, open the Bible, let God talk to you. And it'll start off, I promise you, it'll feel like just a duty at first. Well, I want to put God first, so put God first, I'm going to get up. And, and then it'll seem like a discipline. That clock will go off and immediately you'll open your eyes and say, okay, this is the day the Lord has made. And you'll just walk to your little place, wherever that is, a closet, a bathroom, a bedroom, your office. I don't know where it is. But here's a promise Jesus makes you. And I can promise you this today too. After you do that for a week or two or a month or two, it won't be long and it's not a discipline, it's not a duty, it becomes a delight because you begin to see God show up in your days, even your bad days. God's giving you direction and things are starting to work in your life and there's this confidence that's overriding the fear and anxiety in your life and you begin to get ready. In fact, I'll be honest with you, nine out of ten mornings, you'll wake up before your clock ever goes off because your heart has followed your treasure. The second way that you can put God first every day of your life, every week of your life, every year of your life, is to, to start putting God first at the beginning of every week. Look at somebody and say, I'm here, I got it. <laughs> I'm here. But are you really here? Is this really a principle of first in your life? Did you get up this morning or go to bed last night and say, hey, tomorrow's the first day of the week. Sunday's the first day of the week. We're getting God the first day of our week. Because when we give God the first day of our week, we can expect God to show up Monday through Saturday. No matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, God will be there. It's the principle of first. No, 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 you didn't. In fact, I would guarantee most of you had this mindset when you came to church today. Today's the last day of my weekend. I got to get church done where I can get home and get accomplished everything else I didn't get done Saturday and Sunday. And if you're honest, it's not working. God just wants you to shift your faith, shift your focus, and realize that coming to church is really not even about you. Watch, watch this. There's a verse of scripture, I'm going to read it in just a moment, that talks about assembling ourselves together in the house of God. This is a jigsaw puzzle. How many of you love jigsaw puzzles? Anybody? Let me see your hand. Put it up high. Be proud. You're the few. Come on. I hate jigsaw puzzles. I'm ADHD. I'm OCD. It's just mess out there. I don't have time for all of that. Put it back in the box. 
And the creator of the jigsaw puzzle had a picture, and, and it's your motivation. If, if you put the pieces together, this is what you'll get. You see, all the pieces to this puzzle are in the same place. They're gathered, but they're not assembled. They're not assembled until you find where each one of them fit and put them in their proper place. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10. Watch these two verses as they go together. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling, not just the gathering of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching, the day of Christ's return. In other words, coming to church isn't even about you. It's too loud. It's too soft. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too bright. It's too dark. They didn't sing my song. You big old baby, you, it's not about you. He said, let us consider one another. This is the family of God. This is the work of God. This is the house of God. I'm going to be there on Sunday morning, but I'm not going to just show up, be a lobby lizard, slip in late, slump down in my chair and slide out as soon as the last song's being played. No, no, no. I'm going to go to Roots. I'm going to find out what my personality is. I'm going to find out my gifts and my passions. And then I'm going to sign up and I'm going to show up and I'm going to serve the kingdom of God. See, you can't serve God without serving human beings. Not on this planet you can't. If you want to serve God, you serve people. And you do that every Sunday when you sign up and you show up and you find your place to serve and you find your fit. And when everybody who calls Cultivate Church will find their fit and get assembled, then the picture that God had for Shelby County to see when he planted Cultivate Church here will shine brightly throughout this region. But if you're not fitted, if you're not plugged in, if you hadn't found your place, we'll never be able to fully see the picture God had planned for this region. Putting God first is not just showing up. It's signing up. It's serving. And here's what God promises. If you'll put him first and realize this is the first day of the week. Tomorrow's not. Today is. I'm going to go and I'm going to put God's work first, God's family first, God's business first. Because I'm believing that when I put God first Monday through Saturday in my life, in my career, in my work, in my family, in my business... No matter what comes my way, God is going to show up. He's going to give me direction. He's going to show me the decisions I need to make. And then he's going to crown my efforts with success. Things will start working because I'm living my life on purpose. You see, the third way that we can put God first is with our finances. It's every time you get paid. It's called tithe in the Bible. It just means 10%. It's a, it's a percentage word. Now, why did y'all get so quiet when I started talking about money? You, you don't get that way at Walmart when they ask you for your money at the checkout count. You don't get that way at the bowling alley when you want to have fun with your family and they say it's going to cost you 100 bucks. But we get that way. And I know sometimes you think, yeah, but I'm getting something. No, you, you haven't reduced your relationship with God to that. After all, he paid it all for you and I. And, and you need to understand, tithing, giving to God at the first of our paycheck, 
every time we get paid. It's not a, it's not a financial transaction. It's a heart transformation. Remember what Jesus said? Let's take that same principle now and apply it to money. Wherever you put your treasure, your heart, your affections, your desires will follow. Not immediately, but eventually. If you obediently do what God tells you to do and put him first by choice, by decision, I'm going to put God first with my money. Everything I have comes from him, so I'm going to put him first with it. When you do that, something begins to happen in your heart. The preachers will get better, I promise you. Their sermons will get better. The worship, you'll even like the worship when they don't sing your song. You won't be able to wait for men's night and she night. You'll want to be at everything. You'll be looking for a small group. Why? Because your heart is not connected to this world. Your heart is connected to the kingdom of God. And I know we all get crowded out. Our hearts all wander. We got all of this stuff. And I know some of it we got to do. So Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23. Watch what God says here. He knows us. He created us. He knows what formed us. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always. Everybody say always. always. I looked that word up too in the original Hebrew. You're not going to believe what it means. Always. And in all ways. In other words, yes, there may be some tension. There may be a struggle. I've got a little bit higher power bill this month. And that's right. But God uses tithing to teach me. No, no, no. I'm going to keep God first. See, I, I, I'm not going to put my trust in the government. I'm not going to put my trust in Wall Street or the stock market. Come on, everybody. Have you seen what's been happening in our world? I'm not going to put my confidence in my 401K. I'm sure not going to put my confidence in my company. Thank God for my company. Thank God they're my resource, but they're not my source. So every time I get money, I say, God, I'm going to put you first. And what I'm doing by doing this, I'm transforming my heart and I'm transitioning my trust. See, the economy can go up. Inflation can happen. Recessions can come. And let me tell you something. The same God that's taken care of me the last 63 years will not fail me now. I'm not going to put my hope in some kind of worldly system. I'm going to put my hope in a God who created the heavens and the earth 6,000 years ago and has never failed one day since. Every time I tithe, I'm transitioning my trust. I'm overcoming fear and anxiety, and I'm saying, it doesn't really matter what this world does. My God will take care of me. It's not a business transaction. It's a faith transaction. A transaction is an exchange between two people. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says it like this, and I love it. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to God must believe that God exists and, everybody shout and. Oh, come on, louder than that. And. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. In other words, God says, if you follow my instructions, if you follow my direction, if you'll make these decisions to put me first, <laughs> you will experience my reward in your life. I say it like this. If you'll exercise your faith, you'll experience God's faithfulness. That's the exchange that tithing brings into your life. God will show up. 
Your money will last longer and go further. It's unexplainable. It's not natural, but it's supernatural. And it's a promise God made to you and I. Now, I know some of you are struggling with time. You're struggling with money. You're maxed out. But here, here's, here's the question. If God's going to be first, and we already know it's not all going to fit, what's going to go? I, 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 mean, I mean, look, your children can play one sport. Is two sports at the same time that necessary? I mean, if you can't keep it all. I mean, you actually, you actually may have to downsize. Sell something. Quit something. Like, make some major decisions as for me and my house. I mean, literally, some of you guys have got to go home tonight and have a, a great conversation. How are we going to get God first back in our family so that we live our life on purpose and it starts working? See, Jesus said it like this. Just after he said, take up your cross, follow me. This is what he said in Luke 9, 24, the very next verse. If you try to hang on to all of it, you're going to lose it. But if you'll give up whatever's necessary, and it could be something different for every person in this room, but if you give up what's getting in the way of you living life on purpose, whatever that is that's getting in your way of putting God first, he says, then, then you'll save it. Save that relationship. Save your family. Save your finances. Save your business. Most of all, live a legacy that you can leave. Because you lived your life on purpose. Hey, in just a moment, I'm going to ask everybody to bow their head and close their eyes. I want, I want you, if you will, take out your Connect card. It was, it's in your, your worship guide there. If you, if you, everybody will just take that Connect card out and hold on to it. And, because I realize that everybody in this room may not be in relationship with God today. I don't really know what brought you here. and Maybe you came because she wouldn't go out with you unless you did or whatever. Brought the grandkids. I, I don't know what brought you here. But while I've been talking, something's been going on inside of you. And if you'd be real honest, you'd say, you know, life's not working for me either. That's why 2,000 years ago, God displayed his love for you. I don't care what religions told you. I don't care what traditions told you. I don't even care what church people's told you. God is not mad at you. He wanted to show you how much he loved you by sending his own son to die on the cross. To pay for every wicked, vile, selfish, sinful, stubborn, arrogant thing you've ever done in your life or will ever do. And then he rose from the dead so that his very power, not religion, his very power could live inside of you. That you could surrender the rest of your life and truly watch God work and live your life on purpose. And that's the opportunity I want to give you this morning. Will you just bow your heads, close your eyes, wherever you are? If today you say, you're right, Frankie. It's not working. I've been stubborn. I've been selfish. My family's in a mess. My job's in a mess. My life's in a mess. Today, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. It's as simple and easy as just believing that he died for you. 
so that your past is taken care of. That he rose again, that he can literally come and invade the space in your life right now. Make something brand new out of you. How do you, how do you make that, that decision? Will you just, on that connect card, there's a place that says, I'm committing my life to Christ. Will you just mark it right now? Just mark it and say, yes, Jesus. I, I'm asking you to forgive me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Today, I surrender the rest of my life to you. I'm going to live putting you first and living a life on purpose. Father, I pray for every man, woman. I pray for every couple, every family. For the tension they feel. I pray the presence of the Holy Spirit right now will just begin to bring courage to arise inside of them. Let faith begin to rise up and say, we can do this to make the difficult decisions, the beautiful decisions, the choices that will change the environments of families, of homes, and of lives. God, we're not going to just show up on Sunday and live the rest of our life saying it's not working. We're going to walk out of here. We're going to watch God give us direction and crown our efforts with success and live our life on purpose. We thank you. You get all the credit for it today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, cultivate. Give God a hand.